Hi, folks. Be sure to visit my webpage at dr-history.com for over 440 true stories of the Old West. Also, now available on Amazon, my first book, a historical fiction based on true events entitled Coal Miner to Cowboy. The story of a young man born in England in 1850. He wants to be a cowboy and makes his way to America, travels from New Orleans to Independence on a steamboat, hires on as a teamster to Santa Fe, then on a cattle drive to Bozeman, Montana. He also rides shotgun on a stagecoach. He travels with a wagon train, and on his two-year journey, he meets some famous people and keeps a journal of his adventures. The book contains a lot of the true stories from my podcast and is now available on Amazon. Visit my webpage for a link to Amazon for the book, Coal Miner to Cowboy. And right now, here he is, all decked out in his Western attire. Well, not quite. <laughs> Dr. History. Good morning, Zeb. Uh, you know, you and I were talking, and, you know, I usually never plug a movie, but I'm going to today. I Is that all right? Are. Yep, go ahead. Folks, uh, you got to go see this movie, The Sound of Freedom. Uh, we went a couple of days ago, and the, the theater was packed, but it's got a message that I think we all need to hear. Absolutely. And I've heard so many people call me and say the same thing. Packed theaters, excellent message. and But then, on the other side of the coin, the left is out to do as much as they yeah. can to destroy it. Well, folks, if you get a chance, go see it. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. So, today's so how it, are you? What's that? I said, how are oh, you? I'm doing great. You know, you always want to jump right into the puddle <laughs> of water and start swimming. Why can't you just be nice well, and friendly? We, we ha- I've got all my kids here except uh, one. Are they listening or, right now? Uh, probably not. They're probably still asleep. <laughs> <laughs> but we've had a great weekend, and uh, anyway... It's just been it's been good. What would it take for my wife and I to just come and take residence up in your house? We and, wouldn't even and, notice. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> we just set another couple of places there at the table. Go. There you go. What are we going to talk about today? We are going to talk about Virgil Earp. Well, Virgil. my goodness, Virgil, not Virgil. Wyatt. No, no. Okay. So you know, we've all heard of the. Uh, legendary shootout at the OK Corral yep. in Tombstone yep. that happened in 1881, but not a lot is known about Virgil Earp's law enforcement career and actually began in Prescott, Arizona. And so I'm going to kind of give you some background how we get into Virgil being into law enforcement. Okay, good. So it's 1877. Uh, it's in Prescott. There's a Colonel William McCall. Now, he was in a saloon, he was enjoying a game of billiards, and two men walked in, George Wilson and a guy named Robert Tulos. They walked in, and they headed straight for Colonel McCall. One of them jabbed a pistol into his back, while the other whispered threats in the colonel's ear, something like, uh, you better keep your mouth shut or else. you sure that's what they said? Exactly. Pretty close. They're pretty close. Why such a warning? Well, a few months prior, Colonel McCall had been living near the Texas-Oklahoma border, and while there, he learned that Wilson had murdered Robert Brodus, who was a deputy sheriff of Montage County, Montague County, Texas. So, the thought is that maybe uh, Colonel McCall played a part in chasing Wilson after he shot down this sheriff. Mm-hmm. So the murderer, uh, Wilson, fled to Colorado and then headed to Prescott. And when he saw McCall, he was aware that McCall knew that he'd killed this sheriff and thought the colonel might cause him some trouble. So that's why him and his buddy were going after him. I see. Okay. Okay. Now, let me talk about the killing. 
So the killing occurred when Deputy Sheriff Brodus was escorting Wilson from Collin County to Montague County to stand trial for some misdemeanor. With Brodus were two guards, Bud McGarry and Tom Lemons. The three lawmen and the prisoner were camping one spring morning uh, near a creek. The guards were making breakfast. All of a sudden, Wilson grabbed McGarry's gun, pulled the trigger, and shot the sheriff, Brodus, to death. Oh killed him. He then grabbed Brodus's horse to make his escape. And apparently, Wilson had at least a little some amount of scruples because because before escaping still holding his gun on them Wilson offered the two guys $20 for a saddle he needed a saddle uh, the guards refused but they this is interesting. They turned around and sold a pistol to the outlaw for ten dollars. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Stop! You're going too fast for this old cowboy. And they gave him a blanket to ride because he didn't have a on his horse because he didn't have a saddle. You got to be kidding me! <laughs> so he shot the sheriff. Right. Okay, and then he turns around and buys a saddle. Well, he tried to, but they wouldn't sell him a saddle. But they sold him a, gu- a gun for ten dollars, and then gave him a saddle blanket so he could not have to ride bare, bare back. <laughs> Okay. I'm shaking my head, folks. Continuing on, Texas governor offered $500 for the capture or death of Wilson. Well, well wait a minute. Why didn't the, the deputies go after the guy? Who knows? Well, the, he had a gun. Well, so did they. Well, they were being paid as much as the sheriff, and he was dead. So back to the saloon. Okay. Okay. I now didn't know we were some, there. somehow Colonel McCall escaped. Okay. He got away, and he went to the law and he reported the presence of these two outlaws. Now here's here we go with Constable Frank Murray. Immediately went over to the saloon, followed by Colonel McCall. He was going to arrest these two guys. Okay, got gotcha. Wilson and Talos. Okay. Well, before they got there, the two uh, outlaws had uh, imbibed rather vigorously uh, with the the drink of the day. They were at an A&W rip They were. Stand. They stepped outside, and one took a pot shot at a woman's dog just for fun as they were rolling down Prescott's uh, Plaza. When Constable Murray arrived, the two guys believed they were being held accountable for discharging the gun at the animal. Now, told otherwise, both drew their pistols, quickly mounted up, and galloped their horses south while shooting left and right. You got the picture? I do. Okay. Constable Murray gathered what he calls an all-star posse. All-star. All-star. But it took a bit of time, which gave the Desperados a little bit of a head start. Now, these guys aren't very smart. And you'll see why. It doesn't sound really like the good or the bad guys are very smart. <laughs> Somewhere in Prescott, three men were engaged in a friendly conversation far enough away to not know what was going on as far as the shooting. Two were high-ranking lawmen, uh, County Sheriff Ed Bowers and U.S. Marshal Wiley Standifer. And it is likely that these two lawmen would have hurried to the sound of the gunfire had they been aware of it. Now, Sheriff Bowers, along with Constable Murray, would take up the chase on horseback. Marshal Stanifer and Colonel McCall hopped aboard a carriage, a horse-drawn carriage. Now, this is in Prescott. Yeah. So, I've been there many times. Okay, so you got four guys okay. after him. Now, the third man that was visiting with the Marshal and the Sheriff was Virgil Earp. And he was kind of new to Prescott, so they didn't know, he wasn't known much, you know. But he was carrying a Winchester rifle, and given the situation, it might come in handy. Now, 
Most Old West historians, including his biography biographer, believe that Virgil had never been an official lawman up to this point. Oh. Okay. Virgil claimed that he served in some capacity as a lawman in Dodge City, Kansas, with Brother Wyatt, but there was no documentation, so we don't really know if that's true. I see. So this probably was his first encounter okay. with being on the law. So Virgil uh, must have made an impression upon the three lawmen, and he was probably promptly deputized, but Herb had no horse at the time. <laughs> oh, I tell you, you just keep going like a spider web here. But, and there was only room for two on the buckboard, on the carriage. So he would have to keep up on foot. Oh, they made him walk? He's walking. In the hot? Yeah, in Prescott. Okay, oh now you'll see that that wasn't too bad of a deal. Wilson and Tulos were expected to be far down the trail by now. However, uh, so how long could Virgil last? He's walking, right? Yeah. Fortunately for him, the chase would not be very long. It was not going to be a Western-style chase for miles and miles. The outlaws, instead of taking off and getting away from Prescott, stopped about a half a mile away. Still in Prescott. They're down the road from Prescott. Yeah, they're still just like... And they just stopped. They just stopped. So uh, you're not talking about. And they real got smart off their horses. Here. They pulled up their pistols and they just lit up a couple of cigarettes and just sat there and waited for the cops. Yeah. Well, the sheriff. Yeah. So Marshal Stanifer and Colonel McCall leading the posse and moving fast rode right by the fugitives. They went by them. They went right, well, they were just standing there. Uh, so lucky you can't break, make this up. Folks. Lucky break for the outlaws until one of them shouted. One of the outlaws said, "Don't run over us, you son of a gun." Yeah, and I'll bet that's exactly what he said, too. <laughs> now, how smart is that? You're going to yell at the sheriff running past you. But you know he's coming after you. All right. So the two posse members stopped, jumped off the carriage, and uh, they turned around. Their pistols on the bed, bad guys. Constable Murray and Sheriff Bowers were riding down from the north on their horses. They dismounted, and Earp walking, running. Is he still coming along? Yeah, he's still walking. He quickly caught up and positioned himself between the four other lawmen and with his Winchester rifle. He's he's right there, okay? So the criminals open fire. Here they are, uh, two against five, right? These are not, not smart very good. people. Yeah. So bullets and buckshot came from three directions. Wilson fell immediately when a bullet penetrated his skull. Tolos died instantly after being shot eight times. Most, if not all, of these wounds came from Virgil's Winchester. Uh, to the astonishment of a lot of people, George Wilson hung on for two days with a bullet lodged in his head. Holy you know, cow. Talk about a hard-headed guy. So these are two dumb, very dumb yeah. criminals. Yeah. And they basically ask for getting shot. Yeah. Yeah, so, anyway, so Virgil, like I say, he was he was a deadly shot, evidently, with his Winchester. Um, but he was tired from walking. <laughs> well, you know, I, I've gone hunting when I've been chasing something, and when I stop to shoot, I'm shaking so bad I can't. Did they ever buy the guy a horse? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Wyatt did eventually. Oh. But uh, anyway, uh, evidently, um, Wilson had uh, turned uh, to religion at this point and uh, had offered... The day after he got shot? Uh, yeah. That's or, a good thing. So, yeah, and he had offered some prayers, um, but evidently, 
these profane prayers, one isn't exactly the language of the religion, so to speak. Um, so it was probably a very earnest prayer, but not necessarily uh, made it past. So the, how long did Wilson uh, he, he live? Took be, it two days. Two days. Two days with a bullet in his head. Uh, and, but he was conscious. Yeah. See, he was able to kind of, I guess, talk, you know. Well, Wilson died with a bullet still in his brain. <laughs> well, yeah, I didn't expect that to jump out of there. No, and, you know, they didn't do surgery back then. Yeah. So an interesting side note to this story is that Virgil's younger brother, Wyatt, had dealt with Wilson in Wichita, Kansas in 1875 when Wyatt was a policeman there. Apparently, Wilson had, quote, forgotten to pay for a wagon he had acquired. Wyatt came to collect and did so with a bit of firm prompting. So, uh, you know, Wyatt could do that. Yeah. So it was later learned that Wilson was more evil than first thought. He was also wanted for the murders of the sheriff and deputy sheriff of Los Animas County, Colorado. So the, he was a bad guy. You know, he, he deserved to die. So, but this episode proved to Prescott people that Virgil was a man who could be counted on, and he was a crack shot with a rifle. He was soon appointed Prescott's night watchman and elected constable in 1878, and ironically, he defeated the very man, Frank Murray, who had been the constable, uh, who'd made him a member of the posse. So he ran against Constable Murray and beat him. Really? Uh, a couple of and years. he wasn't a resident there or anything, was he? He just moved, just had moved there, hadn't been there very long. Wow. So he really wasn't very well known, you know, among the, the people. So anyway, on November 1st, 1879, after a series of correspondences between the brothers, the er, brothers, Wyatt and his wife, Maddie, and older brother, James, and his wife, Bessie, and two children arrived in Prescott with Doc Holliday and Kate Elder. Remember, Kate Elder was yeah. kind of a girlfriend yeah. of, of Doc Holliday. Yeah. So Doc and Kate had joined them in Las Vegas, New Mexico territory. And in late December of 1879, Virgil and Wyatt arrived in Tombstone, the territory's latest boomtown. Morgan most likely arrived sometime in the spring of 1880. So now you've got Virgil, James, Wyatt, and Morgan all now they are all in Tombstone. Right. Ready for right. the for the big shootout. Right. So Doc Holliday, uh, he stayed in Prescott with Katie for a while to gamble. He was quite the gambler. You know, oh, yeah. He had a re- reputation. And what's the? I'm trying to think of the name of the hotel, and I've been in the hotel uh, where they resided in Prescott. And I've been in there, had lunch in there, as a matter of fact. And Let me show you some pictures. Yeah, because I'd know it if I saw it again. My wife and I and some friends of ours, we had lunch in that very famous hotel. Hey, there's some pictures of Prescott. Okay, that's early days in Prescott. Yeah, right. here's, uh, well, here's another one. Here is Allie Earp and uh, Doc Holliday and Prescott, Arizona. Oh, yeah. Back in the day. Yeah, back I don't know in if the that day. hotel is there or not. I don't, I can't tell. My glasses don't yeah. go that far. <laughs> and here's, uh, here's another picture. Yeah. Now, there, I think, is the hotel. If you can tell me the name of that hotel, I think that's it right there. Um, let's see. Yeah. It should give the name. Uh, Very palatial type hotel. It calls it a boarding house. Oh, okay. Uh, But 
Yeah, so I, but anyhow, I, I, the Earps were actually then all together in Prescott, in Prescott for a while. For a while. Yeah. Then they went down to right. Tombstone. So, yeah, so Doc, uh, like I say, he was in Prescott. Um, let's see, then uh, a little more than a year later, October 26, 1881, that's when this famous fight took place. It lasted 30 seconds. The gunfight at the OK Corral. Uh, yeah, the three Herb brothers and Doc Holliday shot their way into fame and you know, now, did they as a family, I, I, the movies that have been made, uh, they don't really depict that the family had lived there that long in Tombstone. And in some of the movies, it says that basically some of the brothers came in at the last minute. But how long did all the family reside in Tombstone? You know, that's a good question. And I don't think very long. I think they just kind of were there for a short time. They had the gunfight. And then I think they went their separate well, ways. They went their separate ways. But from that point, didn't Wyatt go to um, uh, California? I believe he did. And there's another brother, and I've done a story on him, uh, the Earp brother that was not in right. the gunfight. Right. I, I cannot remember his first name. But yeah, he, he, he was gone. By the time he came back, the gunfight was over, so nobody knew anything about him. Right, right. Yeah. So, but that's the story of how Virgil and the herbs themselves were not exactly all <laughs> pure lily white, were they? They they had a reputation. <laughs> I like this picture. Look at this. Yeah, it's kind of a doesn't that look like a a marshal or a, a a pretty a guy you wouldn't want to mess with? Yeah, right? it kind of looks like Sam Elliott. It does. It yeah. does look like him, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that's the story of of Virgil Earp and how he kind of. Now, all the brothers, uh, wasn't Wyatt the only one that had never, ever got shot? One of them. Yeah. Yes. One of them got shot or never got shot. And I've done a story on the Earps where yeah. uh, one of them got shot, and I think didn't the others go after uh, for revenge after whoever shot? Yeah, there's a we could do a whole series of stories on the Earps, and they were kind of the good and bad people. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. But I, I know one of them I think got shot and killed, and uh, and I think two other two of the three others went after. Uh, whoever shot the shot, but him. didn't one of them? Uh, didn't one of them with one arm? He had an arm that had been blown up with a shotgun. Didn't he go to California with Wyatt and become a sheriff down in Southern yeah, you know, California? I, I know it's been a while. It's been quite a while since I did a story yeah. on, on all of them and what yeah. happened to all of them. Yeah, and so I, I'm I'm kind of vague on what. The, the whole story behind all of them. Okay, well, that was interesting. Do, do a kind of a research on, here's your homework assignment for next week, and do a complete assessment as, as to what, what happened, happened to the Earth Boys. Yeah. yeah, I could do that, because okay. they were, you know, I mean, movies have been made out of them, and all that movie, TV, everything. Yeah. The, the thing that's interesting, Zeb, though, there's a lot of lawmen and guys in the Old West that did a lot more than than the Earp brothers. Oh, yeah. Because of the fight at the OK Corral, they were put into history and, you know, uh, famous and and yet... What was the name of the sheriff and or the lawman? And he was a black sheriff, and I think his last name was Bass. Sam Bass. No, no, no? that's that's the criminal, no, Sam yeah, Bass. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but you had a story on that uh, sheriff that really cleaned house there for a while. Oh, yeah. What was his name? 
You know, Zeb, I've done so many stories. Well, that's <laughs> the the dates and the names are just kind of they're in there. Well, you're it's of course there's another obvious answer for the problem. You're getting old like me. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> no, but Bass, and I'll think of his name here in a minute because they did a TV show on him. You know, it sounds familiar. Yeah, and, and I know who you're yeah. talking about. I and I he was from Texas. Okay. Yeah. And I, yeah, and I don't remember his first name. Okay. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.